Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, June 6th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph, there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna, to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. Today we continue the Torah portion, Naso, and it means elevate. Numbers 5, 1-15 Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Instruct the Israelites to remove from camp anyone with an eruption or a discharge, and anyone defiled by a corpse. Remove male and female alike, put them outside the camp, so that they do not defile the camp of those in whose midst I dwell. The Israelites did so, putting them outside the camp. As Hashem had spoken to Moses, so the Israelites did. Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelites when a man or woman commits any wrong toward a fellow man, thus breaking faith with Hashem, and that person realizes his guilt. He shall confess the wrong that he has done. He shall make restitution in the principal amount and add one-fifth to it, giving it to him whom he has wronged. If the man has no kinsman to whom restitution can be made, the amount repaid shall go to Hashem for the Kohen, in addition to the ram of expiation with which expiation is made on his behalf. So, too, any gift among the sacred donations that the Israelites offer shall be the Kohens, and each shall retain his sacred donations. Each Kohen shall keep what is given to him. 
Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Benai Israel, and say to them, If any man's wife has gone astray and broken faith with him, in that a man has had carnal relations with her, unbeknownst to her husband, and she keeps secret the fact that she has defiled herself without being forced, and there is no witness against her, but a fit of jealousy comes over him, and he is wrought up about the wife who has defiled herself, Or if a fit of jealousy comes over one, and he is wrought up about his wife, although she has not defiled herself, the man shall bring his wife to the Kohen, and he shall bring as an offering for her one-tenth of an ephah of barley flour. No oil shall be poured upon it, and no frankincense shall be laid on it. For it is a meal offering of jealousy, a meal offering of remembrance which recalls wrongdoing. First Kings 1, 1-53 King David was now old, advanced in years, and though they covered him with bedclothes, he never felt warm. His courtier said to him, Let a young virgin be sought for my lord the king, to wait upon your majesty and be his attendant. And let her lie in your bosom, and my lord the king will be warm. So they looked for a beautiful girl throughout the territory of Israel. They found Abishag, the Shumamite, and brought her to the king. The girl was exceedingly beautiful. She became the king's attendant and waited upon him, but the king was not intimate with her. Now Adonaiahu, son of Haggith, went about boasting, I will be king. He provided himself with chariots and horses and an escort of fifty outrunners. His father had never scolded him. Why did you do that? He was the one born after Absalom, and like him was very handsome. He conferred with Joab, son of Zeruiah, and with the Kohen of Yartar, and they supported Adonaiahu. But the Kohen Zadok, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, the Navi Nathan, Shimei, and Rei, and David's own fighting men did not side with Adonaiahu. Adonaiahu made a sacrificial feast of sheep, oxen, and fatlings at the Zoheleth stone, which is near Enrochel. He invited all his brother princes and all the king's courtiers of the tribe of Yehuda, But he did not invite the Navi, Nathan, or Benaiah, or the fighting men, or his brother Solomon. Then Nathan said to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, You must have heard that Adonaiahu, son of Haggath, has assumed the kingship without the knowledge of our lord David. Now take my advice so that you may save your life and the life of your son Solomon. Go immediately to King David and say to him, Did not you, O lord king, swear to your maidservant, Your son Solomon shall succeed me as king, and he shall sit upon my throne? Then why has Adonaiahu become king? While you are still there talking with the king, I will come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went to the king in his chamber. The king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite was waiting on the king. Bathsheba bowed low in homage to the king, and the king asked her, What troubles you? She answered him, My lord, you yourself swore to your maidservant by Hashem your God, your son Solomon shall succeed me as king and he shall sit upon my throne. Yet now Adonaiahu has become king, and you, my lord the king, know nothing about it. 
He has prepared a sacrificial feast of a great many oxen, fatlings, and sheep, and he has invited all the king's sons and Evyartar, the Kohan, and Joab, the commander of the army, but he has not invited your servant Solomon. And so the eyes of all Israel are upon you, O Lord King, to tell them, Who shall succeed my lord the king on the throne? Otherwise, when my lord the king lies down with his fathers, my son Solomon and I will be regarded as traitors. She was still talking to the king when the Navi Nathan arrived. They announced to the king, The Navi Nathan is here, and he entered the king's presence. Bowing low to the king with his face to the ground, Nathan said, O Lord king, you must have said, Adonaiyahu shall succeed me as king, and he shall sit upon my throne. For he has gone down today and prepared a sacrificial feast of great many oxen, fatlings, and sheep. He invited all the king's sons and the army officers and of Yartar the Kohen. At this very moment they are eating and drinking with him, and they are shouting, Long live King Adonaiyahu! But he did not invite me, your servant, or the Kohen Zadok, or Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, or your servant, Solomon. Can this decision have come from my lord the king without your telling your servant who is to succeed to the throne of my lord the king? King David's response was, Summon Bathsheba. She entered the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king took an oath, saying, As Hashem lives, who has rescued me from every trouble, The oath I swore to you by Hashem, the God of Israel, that your son Solomon should succeed me as king, and that he should sit upon my throne in my stead, I will fulfill this very day. Bathsheba bowed low in homage to the king with her face to the ground, and she said, May my lord King David live forever. Then King David said, Summon to me the Kohen Zadok, the Navi Nathan, and Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. When they came before the king, the king said to them, Take my loyal soldiers, and have my son Solomon ride on my mule, and bring him down to Gihon. Let the Kohen Zadok and the Navi Nathan anoint him there, king over Israel, whereupon you shall sound the shofar, and shout, Long live King Solomon! Then march up after him, and let him come in, and sit on my throne. For he shall succeed me as king. Him I designate to be ruler of Israel and Yehuda. Benaiah son of Jehoiada spoke up and said to the king, Amen, and may Hashem, the God of my lord the king, so ordain. As Hashem was with my lord the king, so may he be with Solomon. And may he exalt his throne even higher than the throne of my lord king David. Then the Kohen Zadok and the Navi Nathan and Benaiah son of Jehoiada went down with the Cherethites and the Pelethites. They had Solomon ride on King David's mule, and they led him to Gihon. The Kohen Zadok took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. They sent the shofar, and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon! All the people then marched up behind him, playing on flutes and making merry, till the earth was split open by the uproar. Adonaiyahu and all the guests who were with him, who had just finished eating, heard it. When Joab heard the sound of the shofar, he said, Why is the city in such an uproar? He was still speaking when the Kohen, Jonathan, son of Yartar, arrived. Come in, said Adonaiyahu. You are a worthy man, and you surely bring good news. But Jonathan replied to Adonaiyahu, Alas, our lord King David has made Solomon king. The king sent with him the Kohen Zadok and the Navi Nathan, 
and Benaiah son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites and the Pelethites. They had him ride on the king's mule, and the Kohen Zadok and the Navi Nathan anointed him king at Gihon. Then they came up from there, making merry, and the city went into an uproar. That's the noise you heard. Further, Solomon seated himself on the royal throne. Further, the king's courtiers came to congratulate our lord King David, saying, May Hashem make the renown of Solomon even greater than yours, and may he exalt his throne even higher than yours. And the king bowed low on his couch. And further, this is what the king said, Praised be Hashem, the God of Israel, who has this day provided a successor to my throne, while my own eyes can see it. Thereupon all of Adonaiyahu's guests rose in alarm, and each went his own way. Adonaiyahu, in fear of Solomon, went at once to the tent and grasped the horns of the altar. It was reported to Solomon, Adonaiyahu is in fear of King Solomon and has grasped the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon first swear to me that he will not put his servant to the sword. Solomon said, If he behaves worthily, not a hair of his head, shall fall to the ground, but if he is caught in any offense, he shall die. So King Solomon sent and had him taken down from the altar. He came and bowed before King Solomon, and Solomon said to him, Go home. Acts 4, 1-37 And as they, Peter and John, spoke to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Yeshua the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold to the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Yeshua. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach, in the name of Yeshua. 
But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above forty years old on whom this miracle of healing was shown. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage, and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against your holy child Yeshua, whom you have anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together, for to do whatsoever your hand and your counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant to their servants that with all boldness that they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that by signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child, Yeshua. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Yeshua, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made to every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Psalm 124, 1-8 If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, Then they had swallowed us up quick, when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Proverbs 16.24 Pleasant words are as a honeycomb sweet to the soul and health to the bones. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from 1 Kings chapter 1, and I'm going to share the introduction to this book that goes from the Israel Bible. The Israel Bible you can find is an online Bible, and in the website address is
theisraelbible.com. So here's the introduction to the book. Though the Book of Kings is divided into two parts, Jewish tradition considers it a single book of 47 chapters. As we study these chapters, we experience both the highest points of the history of the children of Israel and the lowest. Despite the tragic ending, the high points of the book allow us to maintain hope for the future. The book begins with King Solomon ascending the throne of his father, King David, as the first heir to the Davidic dynasty. Unlike his father, King Solomon rules over a kingdom that is united, strong, and at peace. He is well known for his wisdom and for his righteousness as a judge. He is also blessed with the opportunity to build the Beit HaMikdash, or the temple, in Jerusalem. The Beit HaMikdash becomes the focal point of prayers and of the service of Hashem for the people of Israel and all those who believe in the one true God. It is an awe-inspiring structure that serves to honor and glorify the Almighty and to bring His children closer to Him. This is one of the highest points in the history of Israel. The people live as a secure, prosperous, and free nation in the land of Israel. They are able to serve Hashem in the most meaningful of ways and to serve as a light to other nations. Unfortunately, the people of Israel are unable to maintain the heights of spiritual and political achievement attained during the times of King Solomon. After his death, the kingdom is divided into two parts, the northern kingdom of Israel, of the ten tribes of the north, and the southern kingdom of Yehuda, the two tribes of the south. Accounts of the sins of the nation and its leaders dominate the second half of the Book of Kings. Idol worship becomes rampant and even reaches the holy temple. To be sure, there are important kings and righteous leaders who offer hope. For example, we learn of King Hezekiah, who serves Hashem and merits a miraculous rescue of the city of Jerusalem, and of King Josiah, who, after discovering a Torah scroll hidden away by his predecessors, leads the people in nationwide repentance. However, such heartening events are overshadowed by the eventual destruction of both kingdoms and the exile of their inhabitants. The book of Kings ends with the exile of the people of the kingdom of Judah to Babylon and the burning of the temple in Jerusalem. It would be tempting to close the book with feelings of despair. But Jewish tradition teaches that just as the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed on the ninth day of the Hebrew month of Av, the Mashiach, a future king from the house of David, will be born on that same day. Thus, at the very depths of our grief, we find hope for the future. We know that the people of Israel will yet reach incredible heights, just as they did in the days of King Solomon. This is hinted at in the story of Eliyahu the prophet, who does not die, but rather ascends to the next world in a fiery chariot. Elijah, who is said to be the prophet who will announce the arrival of the Mashiach, is thus our link to both the past and the future. We live in times of redemption. The children of Israel have come home from the four corners of the earth to Eretz Israel and have achieved sovereignty for the first time in millennia. As in the days of King Solomon, the righteous among the nations admire the Jewish state for its wisdom, justice, and concern for all mankind. Jerusalem is again the center of prayer to Hashem. All of this, coming so soon after the Holocaust and generations of persecution, is clearly a miracle from God. 
There is still a long way to go until the complete redemption. However, the book of Kings reminds us of the heights of the people of Israel can reach and the profound impact this can have on the entire world. We pray that the state and people of Israel reach these heights and that our generation will be blessed with complete redemption. So there's two things I want to add to that introduction. Again, the Israel Bible is written, uh, put together the commentaries and the notes and all that. It's from Orthodox Jews, and we can learn a lot from the Orthodox Jews. They've been studying the Torah for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, whereas we in the Hebrew Roots community have only been studying it for the last 30 to 40 years. So a couple of things I want to add, that the Mashiach was not born on the 9th of Av. The Mashiach has come. He is Yeshua. And in his first coming, he came, he was born very likely at the time of Sukkot in the fall. And so we know that, and we also know that he's coming again. So we also know that the southern kingdom the kingdom of Judah has returned. Many of the Jews from all over the world have returned to their ancient homeland of Israel. But the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel, we are still scattered to all the nations of the earth. And we have never been able to make Aliyah and return home. We can go there as tourists, but after 90 days, they kick you out. So, only part of the nation of Israel has returned home. And the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north, are still scattered to all the nations of the earth. When Yeshua returns upon his second coming, part of his mission, his assignment, and his task is to gather the lost sheep of the house of Israel, that is the northern kingdom, and lead them on a journey home to Israel. It's called the second exodus, the greater exodus to come. So that's what I wanted to add to that introduction to the book of Kings. And we will close with that, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.